Thank you for choosing to listen to Drive Time Devotionals. I'm Bill Simpson, and my prayer is that these teachings are helping you grow more confident in your relationship with Jesus. If you notice the sound is improved, it's because I invested in some new recording equipment to make this a little more enjoyable to listen to. Now, in this episode, I'll conclude chapter 1 of Colossians. If you've been following along, I began our journey through this New Testament letter with episode number 22 in Drive Time Devotionals, and we're now up to number 26. Listen to the Spirit-inspired Apostle Paul as he pours out his heart to the little church in the ancient city of Colossae. Chapter 1, verses 24 through 29. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and I am completing in my flesh what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for his body, that is, the church. I have become its servant, according to God's administration that was given to me for you, to make God's message fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. Isn't it kind of strange how the Spirit inspired Paul to refer to Jesus as God's mystery? He used this word to describe Jesus and the gospel 20 times in his various letters. Paul used this word because Jesus used this same word. When the twelve disciples asked why he spoke in so many parables, Jesus replied, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those outside, everything comes in parables. From Mark chapter 4, verse 11. Mystery and secret are the same word. The mystery that had been kept secret for thousands of years was revealed to the world in the life, suffering, resurrection, appearing, and ascension of Jesus Christ. Let this reality soak into your brain. You have been shown the secret of who Jesus is by the grace of God through the work of the Spirit opening the eyes of your heart. This is amazing grace. Listen to that one more time. You have been shown the secret of who Jesus is by the grace of God through the work of the Spirit opening the eyes of your heart. Now, instead of trying to ever earn God's favor and grace once we have been shown the mystery, our lives must be about thanking Him for letting us in on the secret. You can never earn more of his love by trying to be a good follower of Jesus. You demonstrate your appreciation to him by being obedient. That's how you show him your love. That's how love for God is expressed, through your obedience to his words. Instead of getting confused about who God reveals the secret to and how all of that works, you must simply know that he has done that to you. So let your appreciation drive your relationship with him moving forward. Let gratitude, not entitlement, be your ongoing response to His amazing grace. This mystery goes even further because it encompasses everything about faith in Jesus. Listen to verse 27 again. God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Part of the mystery of the gospel is that Jesus reconciles sinners to God and to one another. 
We know the divisions between races and nations, political parties, all that stuff. But we can't even imagine how wide the chasm was between the Jews and every other race, which is, in the Bible, Gentile. Recall from verse 20 that Jesus' blood sacrifice on the cross created peace between the nations. All followers of Jesus are now one in Him. This is a huge doctrine of God that must be embraced so that in the church worldwide and in every local church, we can end partiality, biases, and prejudices. We are all saints first and foremost. Your nationality and heritage and ethnicity, etc., that no longer identifies who you are. At least it shouldn't. You are a new creation with a new identity, and so is every other follower of Jesus. Therefore, every time you feel partiality of any kind towards another believer, confess your wrong thinking and ask your Father to strengthen you and renew your thinking to align with the new you and the new them. Another compelling part of the mystery is that the Lord Jesus Christ is in you. Wait, I thought the Spirit was in us. He is, but because He and the Father and Jesus exist in such unity, the Bible can truthfully state that Christ is in you when in fact it is actually the Spirit of Christ who is in you. Instead of getting a migraine trying to figure that out, simply marvel at the reality of it. But wait, there's more. Not only is Christ in you, you have the hope of glory. Okay, I know you're probably thinking, what does the hope of glory mean? Well, that means you have the absolute certainty of when you leave this life, when you flatline, you will join Jesus in the real life, a life in paradise in the stunning glory of His visible presence. The Bible tells us that the Spirit is our guarantee of this sure hope. Every time you're faced with death and mortality, remind yourself of this absolute reality and let the hope of your coming glory replace your fear of death and dying. Thinking about Paul's ministry in this passage will help you better understand God's plans for your role in His kingdom. God chose Paul to be a very special ambassador of the faith and part of his ministry would require him to suffer greatly. Paul was often beaten and imprisoned. That was part of God's plan for Paul. Life in Christ by no means guarantees health, wealth, and comfort. Don't be confused when you face hard times and people make fun of you because of your allegiance to Jesus. It's part of life in the kingdom, at least here and now. God has a unique plan for every one of His children, so stop comparing. Paul told the believers in the church in Colossae that God gave him the ministry to teach and preach so that the message of Jesus would be fully known. Paul was so passionate and driven that he lived as if Jesus was going to return at any moment. But he didn't do anything in his own strength. As he wrote in verse 29, his striving to help believers become mature in Christ was due only to the strength of God working in and through him. You were not chosen by God to be an apostle like Paul, obviously, but you were just as chosen as Paul was and appointed to do the work of the ministry that God has appointed for you to do. Through your vocation, in your family, among your network of contacts, you are to be strengthened powerfully by God to live in rich devotion to Him, just like Paul did. And this is why it's so critically important that you own the prayer that Paul prayed for those believers from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9-12. through 12. 
to be filled with His wisdom, and to be strengthened by His power. To become mature and to live each day in devotion to the Lord, you must be continually infused with His understanding and His strength. So ask Him for both and keep on asking Him throughout each day. Do the things that God has uniquely gifted and enabled you to do in His power and with His wisdom and insights He gives you through His Spirit. Do you want to know God's will for your life? Here it is. Grow to be mature in Christ. Paul's goal through his teaching was to help every believer become mature in Christ. Like those first believers, you are meant for that same purpose. But we have to understand the basics of maturity in Christ. Spiritual maturity is diametrically opposed to emotional and physical maturity. In this life, growing up to be mature is all about becoming independent and self-sufficient. A mature adult doesn't rely on their parents. But in Christ, it's just the opposite because the more spiritually mature you become, the more dependent you learn to be on God, your Father. That's why many believers struggle with this goal of becoming mature in Christ. The more you understand and accept your weaknesses, the more you will depend on the power of God. The more you accept that you don't know it all, the more you'll realize you need for God to give you His wisdom and understanding. Celebrate your desperate dependence on God because that's how you become mature in Christ. After all, He let you in on His secret. Now think about these things. One, first, use that prayer from verses 9 through 12, asking for His wisdom and asking for Him to strengthen you. Secondly, think about ministry as your regular interactions with people. How are you bringing the kingdom into those relationships? Also, how do you enjoy serving in your church? Lastly, identify and jettison today, right now, whatever it is that prevents you from growing in your maturity in Christ. If I can help you in any way in that, feel free to email me at billsimpson.org at gmail.com and think about going to my website, billsimpson.org. There are resources there that can definitely help you grow in your faith in Christ. Now until next time, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you.